Hey guys, welcome to WWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Ekris is off. She's, she's got guitar lessons tonight. Or was I the only one that read the text? No, I read I read that, but... Okay. You know. No. She's, she's, we she's know been... she has a... Uh, she's pursuing a music career, so good for her. No, I mean, I've seen her. She plays guitar, but I guess she's trying to get better and better. But, uh, you know, she definitely knows the basics. She can sing a song and play the guitar at the same time, you know, which is pretty good. But I guess she's uh, looking to do guitar solos. I don't know. <laughs> Got me. I, I am I'm not exactly musically inclined. I used to play guitar. I, I was I was decent. I uh, I mean, I, I went I had guitar lessons, but then I learned to play by ear and uh, I did much better by that. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Anyway, so uh, what we're going to do tonight is uh, I saw Madam Web, so I'm going to kind of give my review. And uh, I can hardly wait. I can't imagine it being good. <laughs> and uh, we also got a lot of news to go through. Um, yes, there is a lot of news. But first, I wanted to start out by saying that today was my birthday. birthday. So That's I wanted great. to thank everybody for sending me nice wishes on Facebook and uh, also, um, you know, texting me and all that. And uh, it's fun. I have an interesting birthday story. So, uh, so what's amusing is that Jack and I met at St. John's university and uh, turns out that I, I was born in Brooklyn in Bay Ridge at uh, victory Memorial. <laughs> And Jack was born two days later in Victory Memorial. Yes, and I remember it well. I was there in my little bassinet, and there was some guy a couple of rows over complaining about the food. The nurses weren't hot enough. Yeah, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> well, this is an interesting story. So uh, I was talking to my mother, and so she told me you know, about giving birth in Victory Memorial. And, uh, and I says, yeah, Jack was born there too. And like two days later, she's like, really? She said that, uh, she says, you know, it's interesting. I actually, at like two or three o'clock in the morning, like when I couldn't sleep, I would, there was a room for us mothers to go to. And I met this Irish woman there. <laughs> Could have been, <laughs> and and we uh, we would talk, and uh, and it's funny because she she was I guess uh, she left the hospital on the twenty sixth, so your mother had to be there. So it's kind of interesting. My mother was still there. Your your mother and my mother may have met. Uh, Could have been before we met. <laughs> but she well, said, actually, what's funny is my mother was a nurse at Victory Memorial for nearly 30, 30 years, if not more. And um, even after she retired, she would go back and it would be like, my mother would be holding court oh, really? where she would go and like all the nurses knew her, all the security guards knew her, all any, anybody who worked there knew my mother. Oh, that's nice. And uh, it was just funny because, you know, she'd walk around and she'd see stuff going in and, you know, little five foot tall Irish lady, you know, sticking her nose in places that really she 
probably should have been, but you know, oh, these are good yours. She'll take good care of you. You know, yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So that's um, what Jack's mom sounded like. She did sound like that. The, my mom had that rogue. She never lost it a bit and very high pitched. And she could yell at us while inhaling, you know. She really had to <laughs> had it down. She didn't even pick a breath to stop. She but, could have been, uh, could have been extra mom. in the quiet man, you know, easily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, she'd probably tell Maureen O'Hara what she was doing wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Which was a lot. <laughs> which is a lot. But who knows? They could very easily have met back in the day. Yeah, no, I, I found that interesting. It's it's very possible. Like, like again, I didn't know what the hell they did. I mean, I guess giving birth is a lot different now than it was back then. But they used to have a room where mothers would meet, and I guess they would have coffee or tea, and then they would just talk. And yeah, some of them the couldn't. And the moms would stay there for a while. Yeah. yeah. Now it's kind of like, oh, you had your baby. Okay, you stayed overnight. Time for you to go home. Yeah, so but, cut, you know, cut the cord, get the hell out. Exactly. Now, but back then, you know, they would stay a few days and recover and learn how to take care of the baby, all that, before the days of YouTube. Yep. All right. So, and also, again, Jack's birthday is coming up uh, two days from now. Uh, so yes, today is Thursday, February 22nd, my birthday. Jack's the 24th. And uh, wish him a happy birthday. Well, thank you. So another announcement I wanted to make. So March is coming up. And you know what that means? That means St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner. No, that's not what I was talking about. Then it must be March. Madness. Madness. Oh, yeah. That's it. Marvel March Madness. And I have decided what we're going to do this time around. I don't think we ever did this before. We've done it in different formats, but uh, I don't think we've ever done it as like teams going against each other. So what we're going to do this year is we're going to have the best comic book movie. I mean, that means the best comic book movie. Anything from DC, anything animated like Spider-Verse, you know, of course, Marvel, anything from Marvel. Oh, you know, well, that's uh, easy. Lego Batman. You can put that one in there if you want. <laughs> but I think we, we might have 32 to start. But, you know, we always I think we usually have 32 to start. We'll do 16 the first night and then 16 the following night. But I think that should be interesting, although. I kind of have a feeling I know what it's going to be at the end. Um, I kind of have a feeling too. Yeah. But still it'll be fun to see like if we choose one movie, like say we choose something like no way home versus uh, Zack Snyder's justice league or something like that. Uh, it would still be kind of fun to see how we, we stand and we got to get fed also had it that because it's completely random, yeah, we have two fantastic movies come up in the first round against each other that probably would have been in the finals, but one of them gets knocked out real early in the game. What's just it? I don't think these fantastic movies are going to be knocked out, you know, 
Like, I mean, we might have some, like, say, like the, uh, I guess, the Final Four. Yeah, so something can get knocked out that's really good. Like, maybe Captain America Civil War or Captain America Winter Soldier might get knocked out because they went against something even better than that, you know? So it should be fun. I, I think it'll be fun. You know, here's the thing though. We need Fedra for the tiebreakers. Exactly. She has to commit. So to you the, have to put her on notice. Yeah. If not, we'll get somebody else, but I, I will contact her and say that she has to make a commitment for the next couple of Thursdays because we do need a third person to break this tiebreak. Because I, although I'd love to veto everything that you say, Jack, I don't think that would be fair. No, it wouldn't. And it okay. hasn't been in the past. <laughs> well, I only did that a couple of times, but I would have to do You've it. Done it when it's been two versus one, you're like, uh, my one comes for more than your two. Yeah, no, if it was just me and you, it would be a complete dictatorship. And any of your views basically wouldn't count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to my uh, Madam Web review. So um, I want to thank Charlie. You know, he helped me see Madam Web. And, uh, you know, I will say one thing about this. I think that there's a lot of people that are hating the movie just because everybody's hating it. You know, it's follow the herd mentality. It's not really. Like, it's not like, I mean, I've seen worse movies for sure. And I expected it to be completely horrible. It's not completely horrible. The problem with this movie is that it should not have been a Spider-Verse movie. It should have just been kind of like a slasher horror movie. Because the story is it's like about this girl that can kind of see into the future. And she sees like these three girls that are about to be murdered by some guy. And so she's always like, kind of able to prevent them from being murdered by getting to them in time and having them like go down like a different door or something like that. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of like a little bit like, uh, what is that Tom Cruise movie? Live, die, repeat or edge of tomorrow. Okay. Or, edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Like where she, it does stuff like that. It, it, you know, it's a little confusing and I was, I was a little bored too. So I kind of missed some of it. Like, I don't know if she died, like if she ever dies and comes back and redoes it, she might, you know, again, I was, I was a little bit out of it. Um, but she does like, she can see the future and then she could see like different paths where like people may, may die during this path. And then she'll go back like maybe a minute before it happens and then just change things so that they don't die. The now, big, do the people know she's doing this? Uh, the, the three girls do eventually. Because, you know, when she sees, first time she really sees them, they're on a subway. And this guy, I, again, I got the, the names, I have to look on IMDb. But uh, I forget the names of everybody in this. Like, there's a, there's a, you know, a bad guy, and I guess he was in Peru. You, you probably knew who he was. Is that the guy? Is it Ezekiel? Ezekiel Sims, yeah. Okay, now, is he basically like Spider-Man? Yeah, he is. It's like, 
in Peru, I think that there's like a bunch of spider people that, that there's this spider basically that has a healing power. And when you get bit, you know, you get these attributes of a spider. And I guess some of them are, are psychic. I guess they're all psychic. I don't know. But some of them, because like Madam Webb, she didn't have spider powers. I mean, she just had psychic powers. Or maybe she did. I, I think she tried to crawl up walls or and she couldn't. Or maybe she wasn't able to yet. I don't know. Again, I, I kind of lost some of the movie. It wasn't like the best way to watch the movie. I watched it. But I will say the biggest shocker of this whole movie and what pissed me off the most is that none of these girls have spider powers in this movie. The three girls and none of them are in costume. <laughs> you know? Wait, I thought they... Like, I thought I saw someone in, like... In the trailers. In the trailer, like Julia Carpenter's... Um, that is basically a vision of the future that she sees within the last two minutes of the movie. Oh, so she's not in the... They don't turn into no, the they don't up, themselves. No, they're completely human. You have no idea how they're going to get their spider powers. Because I think that they were relying on this to be a hit, that they would have a sequel. But it's it was a bait and switch because when you see the trailer, you think you got three girls with spider powers and they have cool costumes and all that stuff. No, nope. I didn't think the costumes were cool looking, but okay. Well, they're better than just regular clothes. I mean, at least they have costumes, and you think that they're gonna right. we're gonna see some fighting. Nope, none of that. It's like a bait and switch because because like at the end, you know, she kind of saves them and she kind of becomes like like a mother to them. And uh, they all live together, and she's blind, and 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 you know basically she's kind of looking in the future, and she sees them as like this spider women team and all that. But it's just so weird because the way they advertised it, you thought that you you were going to see them at least get their powers halfway through the movie, but they don't get them at all in this movie. It, it's so bizarre. So what she uses her powers to get them the magic South Amer American spiders? Well, it starts off where her mother, Cassie's mother, is in Peru, and she's pregnant with Cassie, like very pregnant with Cassie, and she's looking for this spider. And she, so she has a crew with her, and she finally finds the spider because apparently like the spider is very important and it can do very, uh, you know, as like, great things for science and could cure people. So she finally finds the damn thing. And Ezekiel Sims is part of a party and he kills everybody and he takes a spider like it because he wanted the spider to use for himself. But there's like these spider people and like one of the main ones, again, I don't know who he is, but he ends up carrying her like Tarzan through the, the jungle and he brings her into this cave and uh, they the mom, the mom. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Why well, always do that? So it doesn't matter. And you're not going to see that movie. I am, I, you know what? I am, I am not going to see it. It, it just doesn't. Nobody doesn't listening look good to me. And I mean, I have enough trouble getting to see the movies I want to see. I can't find Godzilla Zero anywhere to see it. I know it's yeah, that's it's, that's bizarre too. I'm hoping but, that comes out somewhere. So I don't have time to waste for Madam Webb to try to find when there's other stuff I want to see. 
but I ended up finishing it. That's the whole thing. Cause I, I, that's why I say it wasn't bad. And, you know, Dakota Johnson as Cassie, like in the beginning was pretty good. Cause it basically you see in the trail is like, she's an ambulance driver and, um, you know, she's helping people, saving people's lives. And I like her as in that role, you know, it's, she's, she does a good job in that. And her partner is the guy you've probably seen him in other shows before, but did you ever see Step Brothers? Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's the the brother of Will Ferrell that he doesn't like. You know, that they don't get along. What's not his name? Just, John C. Riley? No, not John C. Riley. Will Farrell's actual brother. Yeah, like he's he's rich and he's successful. And John C. Riley and, and Will Farrell hate him. I don't remember, but okay. His face is so memorable. Like he's been in a lot of comedy, but again, I, I instantly recognize him and I'm surprised he was in the mover. So he plays Ben Parker. And well, I'm, I'm going to do a Fedra and look, look this up. Yeah, you can look it up. So he plays Ben Parker, Peter's father and Mary Parker is his wife. And she's pregnant, you know, with Peter. Um, you know, and at some point towards the end of the movie, her water breaks and wait, Adam Scott. Yeah. That's him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He plays Ben Parker. He's played a lot of things. You know, he has. And again, I can't remember. Oh, Andrew Savage was in that movie. I like her. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, so like they play the Parker. So like, like at the end of the movie, like towards the end of the movie, she, her water breaks and, they have to get her to the hospital. And um, so she helps deliver Peter. Um, but she starts realizing that she's seen these psychic things when she becomes an ambulance driver, like people dying or she even like at some point dies, but she's able to save herself by going back in time and, and doing things differently. So, but she's got this premonition that these three girls are about to be killed and she sees them and she saves them. But the, the guy, Ezekiel, also has a premonition that these three girls are going to kill him at some point. And when he sees them in their his visions, they're in their spider uniforms, their costumes. So his whole thing is, well, I'm just going to kill them before they can kill me. I just need to find them. So uh, anyway, so he finds them eventually, and he's going to kill them. She saves them. So they're on the run. They don't know whether to trust her or whatever. But here's the problem with this stupid movie is that, first of all, the girls do stupid things. They know that the guy is about to kill him. They know that he's some kind of spider freak like because there's no Spider-Man in, in that universe yet because Peter's not born. But they see him like he kind of looks like Spider-Man. He's crawling on walls uh, in the subway. But they and, don't have a frame of reference of him being Spider-Man. Uh, Spider no, he kind of hides it because like, there is no he's just somebody that's rich, basically. But he could see into the future. I guess maybe that's why he's rich. It's like he could see into the future. Okay. And, and um, but he knows that these three girls are gonna kill him. And he's been having this nightmare for years and years. And he, he's like, I need to find them so I can kill them before they kill me. So she so they she escapes with them and like he keeps tracking them. But for some reason she's like, All right, I'll be right back. I gotta go. You guys just basically stay here and don't go anywhere. And I think at that point she goes to Peru. <laughs> you know? Wait, and she says, 
wait here. I'll be right back and leaves the country to go to Peru. It's just like the, the, uh, the pacing in this movie is, is all over the place. So yeah, she, she goes to Peru and not only does she go to Peru, but she takes a bus into like the deepest part of the jungle, you know? And then eventually she kind of like looks for, I guess, one of these spider peoples and she ends up finding him, you know? And so he's the guy that saved his, her mother's life. And he tells her about his mother and all that. And so she finds out, I guess she, at some point she's able to look way back into the past. And she, she always felt that her mother abandoned her as, as a, as a girl. So she hated her or she didn't like the fact that, well, my mother was murdered, you know, while I was, while she was pregnant with me, she ends up going to, to uh, Peru to find this spider. This guy shoots her and because of her, I almost died and I have no mother. But we find out that the reason why that the mother ends up going to Peru to look for the spider is because they find out that Cassie, before she's born, she has this really horrible disease that's gonna take her life probably in a few years and that there's no cure for it. But there's except this- the magic spider. Except a magic spider, yeah. So nine months pregnant, she goes into the jungle looking for the spider, you know, okay. and she finds it, but then she gets killed. Um, but for whatever reason, Cassie gets some of the powers and all that. So then she feels bad that she hated her mother for as long as she did or whatever. <laughs> so, then she, so then she flies back from Peru to uh, Manhattan. And, and again, I, I'm probably missing the times, but it just seems so quick the way it went on. And so she, she saves like the girls, the girls decides like, well, she leaves them in the woods, deep in the woods. And uh, she says, I'll be back. Don't go wait, anywhere. Wait, she brings them to Peru. No, she doesn't bring them to Peru. She leaves like they, they're in Manhattan. So she, she kind of leaves them probably. Like, oh, she in just leaves them in Manhattan and like stashed yeah, in a hotel yeah, or something. Yeah. Like that might be in Long Island or something like that, you know? Um, no, not in a hotel, just in the middle of the woods, you know? In the middle of the woods in Long Island. Yeah. And she's like, I'll be back, <laughs> you know? But then after a while, they're hungry and they're like, well, let's get going. You know, let's look for a restaurant and get some food. And so they find this place. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. She leaves these girls in the forest in Long Island. Not in the house or anything, just hanging out in the forest. Yeah. Leaves the country, goes to Peru, travels around Peru looking for the magic spider. And she expects the girls just to wait for, I don't know, how many weeks in the forest for her to come back. Again, I could be mixing up scenes, but it seems like she she left the same day and she came back the same day. <laughs> you know? Like she left in the afternoon, came back at night, you know, and got all this information. <laughs> okay. But the girls ended up like finding this diner. So they end up going to this diner and uh, it, People are looking for them. They're on the news. These girls have been kidnapped and they know it's Kate Cassie that kidnapped them. And so um, some guy reports it to the police. And then this spider guy finds out where the restaurant is. He goes to kill them. Um, and then Cassie shows up at the last second and runs her car through the diner and, you know, hits the spider guy. But it's just so stupid. Again, they're, they're all on the run, right? You know, you would think that they were scared because they almost got killed several times by this guy, and so uh, they're having their 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 food at the uh, what is it? You know, like where the the kitchen is over there, right? And um, 
these guys, these cute guys are sitting at the table. And so they're like, oh, let's go. Let's go mingle with those cute guys. So they just decide to go on top of the table and start dancing. And I guess you would say maybe twerking, which again, what does this take place? Like in the early 2000s or something like that? Um, and, I guess if yeah. Peter Parker's just being born, that would put it probably around yeah. 2005. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, that's. I think maybe 2007. They said, but you know, but it's just so stupid. They just all get on this table and start twerking, and they they start like, well, basically dancing and you know, trying to get these guys to be attracted, and then and it's just stupid writing. It's like, would they really do that? It would they, you know, knowing that their life is on the line, and they go, hey, look at those cute guys, and it's you just wonder like, who's writing this crap? But again, I, I think it would have worked if this, this whole Spider-Man element wasn't in this and the cra- you know, stuff that she goes to Peru. Like if it was just a slasher movie and it's just somebody that could see the future and it's just trying to save these girls. But it, it, it's so stupid because it ends up, Cassie ends up killing the guy, you know, at the end. And it's not the girls. Um, so she must have changed the future or whatever. But she becomes blind, and then at the end, she kind of looks like her Madam Web cartoon character. You know, she's got like these uh, these visors on. I don't know that they're not like sunglasses; they're like visors because she's because again, she's blind and she's got a robe on. She sits in the chair and she's predicting the future. Then, but her whole personality changes too because like when she first meets them, she's just like a normal girl. You know, normal EMT ambulance driver, but then by the end of the movie, she acts like she's their mother and their their guider guidance through the spiritual world. I, uh, okay, uh, I can honestly say I probably might come to see it. Nah, you know, for now. <laughs> but I do like again, like it's not like it was a like the worst movie. I like I would, if you gave me a choice whether I wanted to see this or or I had to see one of these movies. This is the Marvels. I would see this one again, even though it was goofy. I mean, because even the girls, like they, they acted like normal girls. You know, like it, it, it's not like they were horrible actors or anything like that. I mean, they were fine, but it's funny because, like, again, they they tried to make the girls all diverse. Like, like they had the one redheaded white girl, and then you had a black girl, and then you had a girl who was actually a migrant. <laughs> You know, that she was afraid that she was going to get arrested and get deported back to Mexico. You know, so you, they had to put all that shit in there, you know, just to be topical. Um, but again, like when, when I'm watching this movie and people have said, it's like, oh, you don't like this movie because you're a misogynist or you're sexist or you're a racist. If you would have had this movie and you had like uh, the main character was was like say it was a white male or a guy and you had three guys in that role the movie still would have sucked it's it has nothing to do with the race or the gender it has to do with the writing the writing is just not well done it's not thought out it's and again they keep shitting out these movies i showed you the movies that these idiot writers wrote and instead of like saying nah we're good you know like you would think after all the bombs that they had so they 
So they did that Dracula movie that ended the whole Universal franchise that they were trying to build, Dracula Untold. They did the Last Witch Hunter. Actually, I I didn't think that was that bad a Dracula movie. Um, I didn't bother seeing it. No, I mean it was it wasn't a horror movie in terms of like a vampire. It was Dracula as a superhero. No, but you know, and once and once you got that in your head, like that's what they're going for. It it you understood where they were going with the movie, but it did have some cool things. Uh, but then, of course, it had a lot of stupid ass things. Um, it didn't do good at the box office. No, it didn't do good at the box office. Um, but that wasn't too bad i i thought what really put the nail in it was uh what was it the tom cruise mummy movie where all of a sudden they introduced um you know it was, it was almost like the league of extraordinary gentlemen no i remember that so i thought that was the one that really put the nail in it but um the dracula movie wasn't that bad it, there there have been worse attempts at making those no, i'm sure there are but again like they did that they did morbius they did gods of egypt no they morbius did, was just god they did power rangers they did the recent lost in space on netflix like power rangers it's you know and a lot of people didn't like it because it was so different from the show but i thought it did a nice job updating the concept of the power rangers but that's just me but you would think that if you hire these writers or say you even have one star in a movie that you're doing and it consistently bombs at the box office, maybe this guy's a jinx, you know, and you shouldn't have him in your next movie. And I'm not saying they're jinxes, but I'm just saying that maybe if you have better writers to write these movies instead of, and they're a team and you keep hiring this, these writers over and over again, and they have yet to have a successful movie. You know, why do it? You know, it's true. You know, but anyway, um, I, you know, you might be surprised if it's on like cable or Netflix or wherever the hell it's going to end up. Uh, just to watch a little bit of it. It's, I, I could say I have, I have less interests in watching this than I do the Joker. Well, you're an idiot because <laughs> the Joker no. was awesome. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. I mean, it just, it has, it doesn't have any appeal for me that this is a movie I would watch and have a good time watching it. So anyway, anyway, that's my two cents. Okay. Like I, I'd probably give it a three, three out of 10, you know? Okay. All right. Let's get into the news. So, um, first thing, Disney executive blames the fans for the failure of the movies. Uh, this came out, I think, last week. So some Disney executive came out and complained. Uh, I, I guess some guy that worked for Disney happened to get this, like from one of the executives. And I I think it was a she. You know, they actually, they, they didn't really say who it was, but everyone says it's the movie stupid, which is an easy thing for people to say. More appealing movies are a great way to jump the political issues, but more and more 
our audience or the segment of the audience that has been politicized equates the perceived message in a film as a quality issue. They won't say they find female empowerment distasteful in the Marvels or Star Wars, the latest trilogy starring Daisy Ridley, but they will say they don't like those movies because they're bad. So make better movies becomes code for make movies that can conform to the regressive gender stereotypes or put men front and center into the narrative, which is what we're seeing now with Bob Iger pivoting, you know, what he's changing everything. But, you know, again, like the problem is it's, I mean, I, and I think we've seen this. It's uh, especially like with Marvel and Star Wars, there's nothing wrong with having powerful women in the forefront. It's just not every woman has to be powerful, you know? And I, I think that that's their whole thing is that they have to, if they're going to highlight a, a, a woman, you're never going to have a woman that's a wife or you're never going to have a woman that's a cook or you're never going to have a woman that runs away when a monster comes chasing down, you know, a street or something like that. They always have to act more powerful than they have to be. Cause again, there, there's, Men are like that too. You know, it's like not every man is powerful. Not every man is brave. You know, it's like you have to have representation in that fact that, you know, it, it, we're diverse in that way. You can have heroes in the movies, but you also have to have cowards. You have to have villains. It's, and you know what? This is, this is another exec trying to sound thoughtful, and profound and not accepting the brain the blame for anything now here you go you have a character that's fit their mold perfectly in ray in rise of skywalker okay ray is powerful she's a powerful jedi no doubt about it okay um because she's a Jedi, that's how she, you know, is able to, uh, for lack of a better to term, Mary Sue things. Because, you know, she has the Force. The Force is her ally. It guides her through difficult things so she can make it through and survive. It doesn't say it's easy on her, but it helps her get along. Okay. So you have that which fits their model of, you know, woman empowerment you know, strong, powerful, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's the character. So you stick her in the movie with scenes that make absolutely no sense. For example, uh, all of a sudden, this power emerges where uh, her and Kylo Ren can now not only see each other in different places, they can grab objects and bring them with them from these other places out of the ether. Okay. That's a, that's a bad story point. You have a magical dagger that is years and years old, ancient history, and it predicts you're going to stand in this exact spot on a mountaintop hold the dagger the, in the precise manner, and it's going to lead you to the secret location of not something natural, like say, okay, maybe if it was 
a spot between two mountains or something. Okay, no, it's the wreckage of a space station that crashed and landed on this planet centuries after supposedly the stagger was formed. That's bad writing. That is not looking at your character. That is just bad writing. Or you have a character who has nothing to do with anything except give a coin. So this way it lets the heroes get on a spaceship. And that's Carrie Russell's. I don't even remember her yeah, name or whatever. Kind of like a Boba, good Boba Fett. She she's only there to give them the coin and allow the lame plot of three PO being able to translate Sith because you know he has programming that says, "Hey, they're bad guys. You're not allowed to do this." Um, there is so much inane junk in that movie with a strong, powerful female lead who, like I said, and here's the thing, even though she is overpowered probably, um, we still like her. We still like Ray. You know, uh, seeing her in another movie, that doesn't bother me in the least bit. I'm looking forward to Rey starting the new Jedi Order. What scares me is not the character, what they're going to do with the character, because they can't write for beans anymore. This is where the execs, they just don't see it. It's easier to blame the fans for not liking inconsistent and poor, poor writing, lazy writing, it's easier to blame the fans because they recognize it for what it is. It's not, sometimes it's not always the characters. Sometimes it's what you have the characters doing. And this guy just seems like another Disney executive blowing smoke out his ass. Yeah. And I will say Ray was a likable character. I loved her in the force awakens. I, you know, after I saw that movie, I I wanted to see it again and again, and and part of it was because of her, because she was a likable character, and I will say throughout the series she was likable, but her, like you said, the writing got really weird towards the end, and one of the problems that they did was because if you, if you remember, like in the first one, she lacked confidence, and she may have defeated Kylo Ren, but you know it wasn't under the best of circumstances for him too. He had just been injured by Chewie and, you know, she just was, had used the force for the first time. I mean, all that stuff is believable to me. Like where a lot of people was like, Oh, so she picks up a lightsaber and she could use it for the first time and she could use the force. It's like, well, maybe she can. All right. Let's just, you know, give that the benefit of the doubt. That's not that bad. And even in the last Jedi, I thought that her story arc was fine. Cause again, yeah. During that whole throne room thing, you know, she was going to be killed. She would, she would not have survived if Kylo Ren didn't turn and help her, you know, but she still was a good, likable character. We were rooting for her. And again, this is where the problem comes in the next movie is that they had to bring back Darth Sidious, the emperor, so that she could kill him. They're like, oh, no, Darth Vader never killed him. Or Anakin didn't kill him. Sidious, he never was really dead. You know, he fooled Anakin. 
and he fooled the audiences to think that he was actually dead, but he was actually still alive. So Anakin, sorry, you didn't kill him. You're not the chosen one. So she ends up having to kill him. And what they could have done, which originally I, I think the writing was, was that we were going to see the fourth ghosts of so many dead Jedi, like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon and Anakin, you know, and, and whoever else there was a force ghost of, and that they were going to help Ray defeat, you know, Sidious at the end. And she could have said, you know, we are the Jedi, you know, and we're here to defeat you. But Kathleen Kennedy stuck her big nose in there and said, no, that's going to take away from how powerful Ray is, you know, but it would have made more sense if it took a, you know, a bunch of Jedi to defeat Sidious as opposed to someone that's a junior Jedi, basically, uh, that's only just been learning for a few years, but they just made her so overpowered and it's not Daisy Ridley's fault. Again, she's a lovable actress. You know, she's very nice. She's very sweet. It's just horrible writing and horrible decision-making. The there was so much fan service slash apologies for the last jedi in that movie anyway if all of a sudden you saw like the cameos of you know samuel jackson yeah you know of ewan mcgregor you know they could have digitized in mark hamill again they could have oh, yeah, that's always saying could have brought in um hayden christensen they could have just digitally even made them a digital cameo out of old footage or something that they'd be standing there, you know, approvingly, you know, even if they didn't have their lightsabers out, just that they would be there supporting her. Fans would have loved it to see like, you know, here's Yoda back on screen one more time. Here's all these characters that we've known and loved through the whole saga. Here they are back one more time. And they're supporting the hero in her final fight. Like, what could possibly have been wrong with that? At least we have the voices. <laughs> yeah, if you have headphones on. You know, I guess. It's kind of hard to even hear them and... I mean, you might recognize Yoda and you might recognize Obi-Wan, but it's, it's kind of hard. It's lame. Uh, you know, again, reason. bring them all back. Yeah, they, they, they could have done all that. But it, again, it's like, we need to push girl power. The force is female and all that. And, you know, I mean, I will admit Luke is not the most powerful Jedi that we ever seen. And uh, I, I, I would say maybe Anakin was, or maybe Obi-Wan, you know, they, they're in contention, but you know, just to have Ray, you know, to create the character of Ray, just so that at the end they can make it like, no, she's the most powerful. She was the only one that can kill the emperor, you know? But I, and, I don't have a problem with her being the most powerful. The problem I have is just all the dumb stuff. And even if she is the most part powerful, What's wrong with having the power of the force manifest itself behind her in support of her? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, but I'm just saying this is the beginning of the end because after that. Well, there are even women Jedi you could throw in there. 
You could bring Leia back because at that point Leia had already passed. Yeah, you, you could have have uh, uh, Mary, I mean? Mary Jade. <laughs> you could have had uh, Ayala Sakura. Was that the blue Jedi girl? I don't uh, know. But you had female Jedi that could have been there also supporting her. It didn't just have to be like the old old men club. <laughs> I get like. When they say like you're sexist, if you can't accept a movie like the Marvels, and when you think about it too, like they said, like in the beginning, the the one group that went to that represented the most that saw that movie were men, you know, were white males that went and go went and seen it, you know, when they they right. broke down the ticket sales, and they're still blaming them. It's like, well, not enough of you went. I was like, you should be yelling at the women. You know what I mean. Yeah, because, where were the women in the woke and nutty who just didn't show up to support this movie? Yeah, because like again, like if this is, and even like with Wonder Woman, like when Wonder Woman came out, you know, we didn't have any problem with that. You know, we we liked seeing Wonder Woman, but it's like she was written a little better than the Marvels. Like she wasn't. She was she written never, a lot better than the Marvels were. Like yeah, like she wasn't arrogant. That's one thing that we like in here. You can't be overly arrogant. Like even like when Thor was arrogant, he had his comeuppance, you know, and then he had to be humbled. And then eventually, right. you know, he learned a lesson. But Captain Marvel from the very beginning when she's introduced, she's arrogant. You know, she's got a chip on her shoulder. She doesn't like men. She beats the, the crap out of that one guy, you know, to steal his clothes and his bike and all that. You know, it's just like she just doesn't like men, you know. And then it didn't help that Brie Larson with her press tours that she kept opening up her mouth and she felt that everybody thought like she did, especially Marvel fans. But I don't know. It, it's writing is very important and you have to create likable characters that people can relate to, you know? And like, if you can't do the job, you should stop getting hired. Yeah. It's uh you know, again, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Disney just needs to, they need new leadership. We say it all the time. All right. So uh, the Hollywood reporter was saying that Avengers five will no longer be titled the Kang dynasty as Marvel has been making movies to minimize Kang after the quantum manium underperformed. And we kind of figured that was going to go on, especially after they had to get rid of Jonathan majors for his behavior, but also, I'll be honest with you. I know you like Kang. I don't like him. I don't know much about him. And to me, I just think he's a boring character. Well, and I mean, the problem, the problem is we didn't see enough of him. Like I, I thought quantum mania was a nice introduction to him. Um, because we saw Kang, but we didn't see Kang the conqueror. We saw somebody who was Kang and he was being punished because he was the conqueror, but we didn't really see him in action that much because he was kind of already in that role as I've conquered this world, you know? So we didn't see him as the warlord going out to fight battles and doing conquering. We saw him after he'd already conquered after the fact. Um, but I mean, like I said, I do like Hank. There's a lot of stuff you could do with him. Um, you know, the whole thing, like even going back to Austin Powers, 
sharks with laser beams on eyes. Well, you know what? Kang is the type of guy who would experiment and make things like that and send him out into battle in a, to fight. You know, you could have weird things. You could have T-Rexes with mountain missiles on them. You could have cavemen, you know, carrying modern armor and uh, weapons. You could do all those crazy hodgepodge of time travel stuff with him. Um, but then you got saddled with Disney Plus shows. I think I think seeing him in the two Loki seasons, I think actually damaged the character because we didn't see him at his worst. We saw him. Oh, I agree. Yeah, kind of. He's very nice. You know, reasonable. I mean, I, yeah, I only the Kang I, at the end of the universe. He he seemed very reasonable. He didn't seem like a bad guy. You know, and then he was kind of goofy in the second season, you know, as opposed to, you know, the would-be conqueror. He didn't come across that big. It was too big a leap. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the best feeling I got from Kang was, was it at the end of Quantumanium with the Council of Kangs? Yeah. And they go to that stadium, and here are all these, like, raving lunatic Kangs just waiting to go to war, you know, like that should have put a shiver down everybody's spine for Kang. But then we saw him as this goofy professor type later on in Loki season two. Well, again, I think the problem with Kang too, is like you said, when I first, my first introduction to him in the MCU it was Loki season one, but it was only one episode and he seemed like a nice guy. He didn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> Sylvie seemed wrong for wanting to kill him. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, that's going to be the big bad. And, but then they're like, Oh, well, wait till you see the other Kangs are coming. And it's like, yeah, but you don't introduce him like that. You don't introduce a nice guy first. You introduce a bad guy, you know, and then maybe a nice guy, but you don't introduce someone super nice like that. And um, and then, you know, I think that Disney, again, that they're arrogant in thinking that everybody that goes and sees a Marvel movie is also going to watch Loki. That's not the case. Like, we have to, they should tell us the story of Kang in the movies. Like, they could have done that in, in Quantumania. I mean, we got yeah. a little, little bit of the story. But again, you know, we don't know. I guess Kang kind of told the story at the end of season one you know, like what he was about and all these different Kangs and all that. But if you went into Ant-Man Quantumanium, you didn't know all that crap. It's, you know, again, they're just, they just do things stupidly. They, they're just so arrogant, again, thinking that anything that we put out there, people are just going to love. Like every Marvel show that we put out there, you're going to love. And I, I don't know when I think about me, I probably like maybe one or two shows that they put out there, but I didn't love them like I did phase one, two, and three of the MCU. And I can't even think of a show that I really liked. I mean, the first show that they put out was WandaVision. And that, to me, that sucked. That was just weird. It's like, our goal is to be as weird as possible. You don't have to understand it, just accept the fact that we want to be weird. And it's like, well, that's not what I want in a Marvel movie or a Marvel series. I want 
it to be cognitive, you know, like where I can understand it, where I can sympathize with characters and it just didn't work for me. But anyway, getting back to this crap, I think I like, again, I, I like I've said it before and a lot of people have said it online. I think they're bringing in Dr. Doom early, you know, or that we'll see him in the, the fantastic four movie because the Kang well, not Kang dynasty, but Avengers five will come out after fantastic four now. I, but I think that Dr. Doom has to be the big bad. Like, who else do they got? Because when you think about it, they had Thanos, they had Ultron. Um, they had a lot of good villains. Like, you know, Loki was a great villain. Hela was a great villain. There's so many good villains that they've had. And I just don't think Kang st- you know, stacked up to them or any of the villains in Phase 4 and 5. None of them were really were... You know, if you're not counting the Spider-Man villains, you know. Uh, well, that's I why mean, I know you you hate you, you hate the movie, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal did a great angle on Mysterio. I said, if you're not counting the Spider-Man movies, because those villains were great, you know. It's just, uh, you know, the, like the Eternals. I can't remember the villain in the Eternals. Um, Shang Chi. Black Widow. I mean, you go on and on and on. And it's like, are any of these, like, can you stack them up to any of the villains that were in the, the previous phases of Marvel? They're, they're just low tier. They're boring. They're uninteresting. And again, they're created with this whole crap of diversity, inclusion, and representation in mind as a And redemption. Yeah. And everything like every, every villain needs a moment of redemption and you don't sometimes, sometimes a villain is just a villain and he should get a villain's end. It worked excellent for the infinity war, you know, and end game with Thanos. That's fine. Like we, we were able to, but no, it, it, it did. Oh, you mean the villain having a villain's ending? No, no, with, with Thanos, because you did sympathize with him. It, it's not like he was a complex character. He was a complex like, character, but I don't think he was redeemed. Well, yeah, he wasn't. But you, no, but you, you, uh, you didn't hate him. You kind of understood him. I, and I, I think that that's what they try to do is they try to make the villains relatable. But yeah, no, you're right. They most of them do redeem themselves. It's like, no, I'll save the world. You run away. <laughs> you know, it's like I've understood my my bad deeds, and you know, and. You know, you need to live for another day. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we don't need that crap. We just need villains to be bad. Right. And, it, and again, like, we and and not necessarily relatable all the time. There's nothing wrong with just being bad. <laughs> it's, uh, you want somebody like Ming the Merciless, like that. But, well, Ming the Merciless, that's what the Mandarin is like, was like in the comic books. That's what yeah. he was like. And they, you know... I get that they made Tony Lenz, you know, playing up the fatherhood aspect of Tony of Tony Lenz's Mandarin once again neutered the villainy of the Mandarin. The Mandarin should have been like, you know, this is my son. I'm going to forge him into a weapon, you know, sort of like how Ross Al Ghul did with uh, Damian Wayne. I'm going to take this kid. I'm going to forge him into a weapon to be a true heir to take over for me, you know, and you didn't get that, that sensation from him. 
you know, and like I said, they ended up neutering what someone who could have been just an awesome villain. But you, but you are right that they they do it all the time. Like the yeah, Doctor that's Strange that's their thing now. In the multiverse of madness, it's like oh, well, Wanda's just a mother that misses her imaginary children, and then she's she sacrificed herself to save the rest of the guys. So she is a good person. And um, what was it? And Icarus in the Eternals sacrificed himself. Every friggin' movie, when you think about it, it's just ridiculous that that's what they have to do because but again it's it's this woke ideology that people aren't bad they're just misunderstood you know that's your prejudice if you think that that person is bad but they have a reason to be bad because they had a horrible life and they never deserved but that it. doesn't excuse you in real life of doing terrible things i mean a perfect example was uh that girl in in the falcon and the winter soldier like where they tried to martyr her you know like i like even falcon like martyred her at the end where she basically was terrorist she was killing people yeah but they're like well she, but she was doing it because she had a good heart she had a good cause you know yeah well a lot of terrorists think they have good causes yeah it's just ridiculous and i mean again and hopefully we'll, we'll see it seems like dc is heading the right path they're going to introduce villains that are villains like a, like in the next Superman movie, which they started doing table reads for, you know, Lex Luthor is in there. There's a couple other villains, which again, I, I'm not too familiar with, but uh, <clears throat> I'm sure there'll be villains. I don't think that they're going to be like, well, they, understood. They, yeah, they were, they were good guys, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, it's a couple of stories. I, I usually send Jack and Fedra the stories, but I, I kind of added a few in there. They didn't send them. So I don't know if you heard this. There's a rumor that Henry Cavill is signed on with Marvel. And, but who do you think he's going to play? There well, was a I, I've heard he's, he was, he was booking for uh, Captain Britain. So I heard that was what he was going for. Um, but then I saw something else. Uh, he was going for Dr. Doom. I saw him with Doom, but he'd be wasted on Doom. He'd be wasted yeah. on Doom. Don't you kind of like, and I could be wrong, but it's Victor Von Doom. Don't you think you need someone that's like German? Um, no, it's that's not the reason I think he'd be wasted as Doom. I think he's, you know, he's just not Doom. He's just not Doom. The guy who played uh, Oppenheimer and the Scarecrow, that's Doom. That's a you. You look at him; he just has that smart look to him. You know that. You know, if somebody's going to build a crazy device to take over the world, he looks that part. Cavill looks heroic. Um, Honestly, you know who he would be great as? Wonder Man. Well, that's... Because Wonder, Wonder Man is sort of a, a Superman... I don't want to say knockoff, but an archetype. A Superman archetype. You know, he's big, he's muscular, he's good-looking. You know, he could look at the camera, smile, and see that little ding, you know, of light reflecting off his smile. You know... 
he'd be great as that. Captain Britain is a big guy, you know. But the thing is, he is he's his face is covered with a helmet slash mask. Oh, and you know that they would take that off. It would right. just be like Spider Man. They, they're not gonna they're not gonna look at Henry Cavill and say, "Yeah, we, you know, he's great, but we got to cover up that mug of his." You know, they're not gonna do that. But Wonder Man doesn't wear a mask. He doesn't wear a helmet. I think he I think he would fit that part like look wise he also comes across very sincere and likable which is also important to Wonder Man as well um so I think that if there's an MC ro MCU role he's he's there to play I think he'd be awesome as Wonder Man All right well, well here's my problem with both of those picks is they're not very popular characters and it worked with guardians of the galaxy but it didn't work with any everything that they did right and they well no i'm saying like i'm not saying like do a wonder man disney plus crap series no they are doing that though i know i know they are but that's that's the stall on wonder man so automatically their record with disney plus it's not going to last but they could they could introduce him somewhere along the line for Avengers five as the powerhouse, you know, that if, um, Chris Helmsworth is going to stop being Thor, you need a new powerhouse besides the Hulk who, how many, who knows how many movies Mark Ruffalo has left them in, in him as well. So like wonder man would be a good step up as your powerhouse guy on the Avengers. I got good picks. Okay. All right, so there's a rumor going around. I don't know if it's true. It's possible that he may be one of the uh, alternate Wolverines in the Deadpool and Wolverine movie. Like, he, he could be Patch. But there also, what's his face? Harry Potter could be Patch, too. There, there Wait, could be Henry Cavill could be Patch? Yeah. Well, you only saw the back of him in that trailer. We don't uh... know. Yeah, but Wolverine's supposed to be like what five four, and then they went to six foot one. Hugh Jackman isn't like Cavill like six two or three or something. I don't know. They're, I mean, they're going the wrong way. They're supposed to make somebody shorter. Well, first of all, isn't Affleck taller than than Cavill in the movies? So I, I don't know. I don't know if he's six four. So he's probably got to be maybe he's like six one, six two, or something like that. Henry Cavill. Um, you know, can, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. He he would also be a very good looking Colossus. I thought about that, but I don't know if he'd want to be a Colossus. That's another thing that would happen is that they would change the character so that he would morph back to human form, you know, like right. Like, I mean, I'm sure they would have to tone down that metallic. We need to see his face, we need we need to show that. We need to say that, that mug of his. So yeah, I mean, I I think he might he could have a cameo in the um, Deadpool movie, but this one I I thought I would love to see him as I, I think he'd make good Punisher. On the you know a big screen Punisher. Mm. I think he's got his build. You slick his hair back. You he give has, him. He has to build, but I don't know he. 
I liked him in the Mission Impossible when he was the bad guy. Uh, I still love that room in the bathroom where he, you know, he's oh, yeah. fighting. He does that loosen up move, you know, like you're like, oh, there's going to be an ass kicking now. Um, but I don't know. It's the Punisher. I, I think he needs somebody a little bit more rough looking. He's definitely got the build for it, but I think facially he, he's got the hero look. He really does. Yeah, the problem with you, you're right. Like it, it's just he he can't help smiling, you know, in a way. Uh like and there's nothing shows. wrong with that. We need more smiling heroes. Yeah. But I, I, I but anyway, and I don't like John Berthnell's Punisher. I, I was discussing this with I think my my nephew. I just don't think he looks like him. You know, and I think he's an, a good actor, but he's not the Punisher for me. I hate that haircut. It's kind of like Mo from the Three Stooges. Maybe not as bad, but it's like that's Wait, not who's the Punisher. playing the Punisher. John Berthnell, you know, in the uh, Daredevil. Oh, I thought he was great as the Punisher. I don't like the way he looks. I don't think he's a bowl cut. His hair's not right. I think he he looks very greaseball-y, you know. And that's not the Punisher. I, he's not the Punisher for me. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think he was great as the Punisher, but who well, knows right. what they're going to do in Born Again? But yeah, you'll have to watch it. I do. I, yeah, I would stay away from the internet. There's a lot of spoilers on the internet because they're filming it. I guess I don't know if they're filming it in New York or wherever, but they're just letting them film. And there's a lot of spoilers out there, like of who dies, and it's crazy. I, I haven't said anything to you because I didn't want to spoil. No, you. no, don't please. I'm staying away from it, even though so here's another, I can't yeah. imagine being back on Disney Plus to watch it, unless here's it comes out the same time as Andor does. Oh, you! I oh, see so you're you're ready to jump into Andor. Season no, two? Patrick, my son is. Oh, Patrick okay. is. He wants Andor season two because he liked the first one. Um. So that's probably well, that's probably when we'll end up with Disney Plus again. Okay, so here, here's one that I would really like to see him as Captain America. I say they reboot the whole series, dye his hair blonde. I think he's got the build. I think he's got the looks. I think he'd be an awesome Captain America. Yeah, I I could see him as Captain America. I mean, it it would be a different look because you know. He's bigger than Chris Evans, I believe. Yeah, well, that's fine. You know, but I, I don't have a problem with that because, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I think he could pull off a Captain America look very easily. Yeah. But you see, Cap Captain Britain, not as popular as Captain America, is a bigger guy, which is why I think he'd be better fit that way. But uh, he's got that like I said, he's got that heroic look. I mean, he could definitely pull off a Captain America. Well, you remember, I think we even talked about it last week when Bob Iger said that, you know, we're going to make less movies and we're going to focus on our popular characters. And that's why I find it doubtful that they're like, oh, let's make a movie about Captain Britain. I don't think they're going to do that. And I do think that they're going to, and like, once again, I have, I have no faith in him for him. Bob Iger looks at it and says, Oh, you know what? We had a lot of diversity in a captain Marvel movie. She's, she's definitely pop one of our 
stronger franchises because we had such a good showing of diversity. Yeah, your box office sucked, but your no, but, but, tech box right. list looked great. That doesn't mean your character is popular, obviously. But I, but I think he's learning. I think that we would we could have gotten a completely different Fantastic Four, but he's kind of given the fans what they want, other than Pedro Pascal, which again is you know what I I think people again have some problems with Pedro Pascal because he just doesn't feel like he fits the Reed character, but he surprised me before, so I, I you know I'm open to him. I think he could surprise me again. I think he's a good actor, you know, and hopefully he'll do well in the role. But I think that they learned their lesson after Marvels. I think South Park and that episode, you know, when they were like, you know, put a chick in it, make her gay, make it lame. I think they were watching that because that trended big time and they have to watch read the trade paper the trades like uh the hollywood Re reporter variety yeah, they're all the saying they kiss their ass so much they do but you know recently they and i didn't even get a chance to read the whole article but the hollywood reporter wrote a big story on marvel and uh, how they need to change you know and that things are definitely going to be different going forward they have to put in their heavy hitters. Like they, they can't have an Ant-Man four and you know, that uh, the guy who was at Simu Lu, like he made some kind of announcement, like, and he goes, Oh, you know, uh, Chang Chi too is, uh, is going to be coming out soon. Or we're going to start working on it. No, I don't think that's not a big hitter. I don't think that they're going to do another Shang Chi. And then, and then there's rumors of an Eternals too. No, there's not going to be an Eternals. No, you know, it's like, I just think that that's all crap that they're, they're sprouting out there. Or like they're like, or false hope. They have to focus on Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Avengers. That's the ones that they have to do. They, I don't think we're ever going to see Captain Marvel in a solo movie again. She might show up in an Avengers movie, but I think that they kind of realized that not only has she burned enough bridges, but uh, the writers and the creative team behind a lot of these movies have destroyed these characters where yeah. nobody wants to see them again, you know? Um, so another one, again, I, I don't, I know they were filming a movie. Was it, I think it was uh, Captain America four where Hyperion might've been showing up. Because wasn't there a guy that was supposed to play Hyperion? He was an Asian guy. And then he was like, yeah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know? So they have to recast him. Oh, well, no. I, I It wasn't Hyperion. It was cent the Sentry. Was it the Sentry? Yeah. Um, that was who was supposed to be... Well, oh, showing up in Thunderbolts, not uh, Captain America 4. All right. Maybe um, Thunderbolts. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, the Sentry is another character that they made just such a mess out of with jumbling up his origin so much that you don't know what the heck he is. And then they made him schizophrenic. So you don't know who it is. Anything that he's opened his mouth about, you don't know if it's true or not. Um, at one point, he got his power supposedly from, you know, scientific uh accident when they were making some sort of serum 
another thing had him be the angel of death from biblical times. Like, you, you don't know what the century's story is. Um, so it's a character without any sort of focus aside from he's your Superman archetype. Superman yeah. Braun can fly, invincible, can fight Thor and the Hulk to a standstill, even beat them. You know, that that's all he is. There's no background story, no clear background story. Everything is a muddled mess with him. And, and you can't trust, like I would say, instead of like going after these writers that have no experience, go after the Marvel writers, but you can't even trust them now. You know, I don't know if I'd want them to be on a movie because they want to push an agenda. Like even like, look what they did with um, Adam Warlock in that last Guardians movie. Right. He's, he's kind of like Superman and they just kind of made him like an idiot, you know, like. Well, he wasn't quote, you know, done cooking uh, when they pulled him out of the pod. Even so, I, I just, I'm worried that that's what we're going to see in the future. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's, it, it's really, it's really sad. And I, I can tell you, even in the comics, I, I don't know who the hell they're, they're writing for, but, um, I, I blame the comics for not having a strong editorial department. You had you had editors back in the day who, you know, they had a character bible. This is what this is how this character acts. You could put him in diff different situations, but he's got to be. He has a set of beliefs and guidelines on how he acts, and it's now like just thrown out the window. Any character does whatever they want, whatever the writer wants them to do. You know, hey, go with it. You're new. You're innovative. You're hip. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Captain America should always be noble. Yep. Exactly. You know, Thor is, you know, an immortal god. He, he should look at things a different way than Peter Parker looks at things. And they'd lose that because... They don't have I, I I maybe they do, but they don't have adherence to a editorial editorial character Bible. And um like I said, I mean I'm reading stuff now and I'm like this this is really this story just is not up to snuff. This just is not very good how is it no wonder this book isn't selling well anymore you know and i hate to say it it's not just you know these small random books these are these are books with major characters and um i don't know i i, I think this problem is just either i'm maybe i'm or maybe i'm just getting too damn old <laughs> I, I think that too you know it's funny i saw a picture recently. because you know it's like I expect certain things like, you know, good storytelling from writers because you know what? Yeah, you're writing you're writing for a medium that should be accessible to kids, but um, 
other people were able to write for kids and not dumb it down so much. Um, these people who write just don't know how not to dumb it down too much. So much. No, I, I'd seen a picture on Reddit where it was a bunch of kids. Like I think there were like three or four kids and they were all dressed as Miles Morales. They were at a comic con. And then there was another guy that was dressed as I think an adult Miles Morales. And, you know, he looked very serious and the kids looked like they're having a good time. And so somebody wrote that this is what comics, this is who comics is meant to be written for. And I guess in a way they're right. It, it is for kids. And it's like, how, what's the age where we need to kind of let go and hand it over to the next generation? You know? Well, it, it's not only, it's not only let it go, but you have to accept it for what it is. You have to accept that a kid's medium, like comic books, it's a kid's medium. It, these things shouldn't be written for anybody in their 30s and up. But we're still reading yeah. them. Mm -hmm. But we are still reading them. Yeah, but we should read them thinking like, okay, you know, this is generally, you know, a kid's medium where we don't have to see want graphic violence or graphic sexualization of characters you know that doesn't belong in this medium but there are people who say oh it does because you know um peter parker and mary jane are supposed to be married why can't we see them in bed you know half naked that's what married people do yeah but you know what that doesn't need to be shown in a kid's medium you know, uh, you could always treat it like the old Hollywood movies used to. You know, the couple is kissing, fade to black. Start up the next morning when they're at the breakfast table. You know, you could you could handle that and it's old-fashioned. But you know what? Sometimes we need some old-fashioned in the world. Well, I think what they should do, too, is write for different audiences you know, kind of like what the Bible did. Like I think with some of the, like the four gospels, they were all written, I guess, for different groups of people by different authors, of course. But, you know, they were specifically, I, I remember in theology class that they were written for different groups of people. Um, it should be like that with comic books too. It's like, why can't you write comic books specifically for children, for like a specific age group? And then maybe write, like, you know, you could have like a young Spider-Man for, for kids like Miles Morales or a young Peter Parker. And then I think that isn't the current ultimate Spider-Man where he's an adult Spider-Man with the family? Yeah, I, I downloaded the first it, during the second issue. I downloaded two issues. I haven't read them yet. I've been I've been catching up on other things. And. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm just I'm just not impressed. Oh, you know. Um, with, with what the new stuff is going on. I mean, and here is, I mean, listeners know Fantastic Four is my all-time favorite title, and I've stuck with it through some terrible runs. But the guy that's currently writing it, uh, I don't know. His story's just... They've gotten, they've gotten away from, you know, the science fiction part of it to focus more on the family part of it. 
and it just doesn't have the same sort of excitement like it used to. I don't know. It's this run isn't impressing me. I'm hoping it's going to come to an end soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. So, um, some fans are concerned about X Men '97, the reboot. I think we mentioned this before that you know the writer or the director that's involved in this just seems like it's i would it seems like it's going to be woke he's trying to bring modern day i guess social issues into x-men 97 that didn't exist back then like morph is going to be non-binary which nobody knew what non-binary was in 1997 so why would you include that in there again they they have to push that so another thing that people have pointed out which is kind of funny is that uh, rogue's butt has been extremely toned down from the original series you know that she's got like a more flattish butt where before she had a much curvier apple-ish butt <laughs> i don't know if you would call it that and so people are kind upside of down heart shaped yeah so people are upset about that well, you know, I think it's, I, I honestly don't think the comparison pictures that you sent over, uh, match up. Well, we'll see only because like in one, she's like lying down on her side and you're seeing her from behind. Um, the other picture they're comparing it to, she's standing up and it's from the side. So you're not really getting the perspective of how it's drawn because of her pose. Um, but, but let's let's face it: if you're watching, if you're watching an X-Men cartoon just to check out Rogue's butt, um, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be watching those cartoons anymore <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have noticed it unless somebody pointed it out to me but apparently people did notice it and upset them but back then it was a different time too when those because the reason why x-men 97 was green lot green lit for fox was because x-men really became popular in the comics mostly i would say because of jim lee and how he drew them but he oversexualized right. them. He oversexualized all of his characters, you know. Um, and he still does, despite whatever does he, he still, says about being an open-minded. He still does. Does he really? You know, well, I think I think I think whenever he draws women, he just. And I'm not saying he's bad at it, but he definitely knows how to draw a sexy-looking woman. No, he does. But I remember when he and look at Poison Ivy and Hush. Yeah, well, well, I I remember All Star, uh, Batman and Robin, Vicky Vale, poof, the way he drew her, and uh, who was the other one? Black Canary. Yeah, he no, but or Wonder Woman in the New Fifty Two. You know, he 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 definitely knows how to draw women, and you know what? Part of part of the medium for adolescent boys the women gotta look good 
Yeah. It, it's just, you know, that that's just it. I mean, you may not have to strip them down into, you know, barely being dressed, but the women have to look good. I mean, do you remember when Marvel used to put like an annual swimsuit <laughs> issue out? Those were so stupid. I used to get them. <laughs> Marvel Marvel didn't just do it. DC did it as well. And yeah, those were just dumb. No, but like they would have like a lot of the, the female characters. They'd be at the beach in their bikinis. But they'd have men too. Like you would see Captain America. And I, I would even say, oh, wow, he looks pretty good, man, for Captain America. Oh, well, in his flag-styled yeah. swimming trunks. Exactly. And then you would see like the thing would have his trunks that they do goofy stuff too. But yeah, they, they definitely over-sexualized everything back then. And I think like right now they, they kind of feel, Oh, it's wrong. You know, women shouldn't be looked at as sex objects and, and men shouldn't be looked at as sex objects. That, that's what I hate too, is that they keep pushing this gender neutrality stuff too far. You know, like where they're trying to say, well, there's no difference between a man and a woman. It's like, well, yeah, there is, you know, and there's nothing wrong with uh, a man liking a woman. And there's nothing wrong with a woman liking a man. And there's nothing wrong, you know, if a man wants to like a man and vice versa, a woman and, likes a woman. And if they if they were putting their money where their mouth is, seriously, look at look at television shows. Yeah. You still have a large number of beautiful women handsome guys you know and you might put in some other characters that may not be as attractive as them but the vast majority of characters in the entertainment community are all good looking and you know what we tune in because we want to see good looking people doing things so as much as these people might try to deny that there's years and years of television history to deny that to them. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's hope it's okay. And you know, I don't care about rogues, but as long as it's good stories, good writing, and it's not too woke. Well, and you also had the example that you put up there too, of Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes. And like I said, my my all-time favorite Spider-Man cartoon, Spectacular Spider-Man. The artwork wasn't was stylized to be like not on the more detailed side, but what made those shows great was the stories, the stories they told and the action we saw. You know, it wasn't super detailed animation, but you know what? It worked to tell the story, and those stories were fantastic. Earth's Mightiest Heroes was a great show. I don't know why they ended it to put on that other... I know why. That other dumb Avengers follow-up. Because they were trying to make it more like the MCU. Yeah, but, you know, I remember, I remember trying to watch the new Hulk show, and they had an episode where, what was it, the Falcon joined a team, so he's walking around handing out cookies to people, Oh yeah, I, I and, that. and the Hulk has a miniature glass animal menagerie collection. Like, where the hell did that come from? When 
last year on Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you had Hawkeye and Iron Man trapped in hell by Loki with demons coming out of the ground trying to crack them, you know, trying to get a hold of them. Now we have the Hulk with little glass animals. See, like, you know, I, I'm what, okay. what the hell happened there? <laughs> I'm okay with something like that if it's like for that show, The Superhero Squad. Right, which when was they, supposed to be a comedy. It was, it was a comedy and for kids, you know. And little was, kids, too. Yeah, and it was and it was fun. You know, I mean, I, I watched some of it and I was like, eh, that's kind of funny. You know, and they would kind of like kind of go through some of like the old comic book issues. And it's and it didn't have to be 100% accurate because again, you look at the characters and they weren't 100% accurate. They it was specifically made for kids, you know. I would say just by the way they were drawn. You know, that oh, that's yeah, fine. Very infantile looking cuz that was the toy line that was out. Yeah, you know, if you have the Hulk eating milk and cookies in that show, that's fine. But, yeah, if you're trying to push a serious story, yeah, that doesn't work. It's just too much humor. And, again, it's the writers. And someone's got to, like, enable them and say, oh, that's so great. We got to put that in there. That was a great idea of yours, you know. No, it wasn't. There's not one person that has a backbone to say, yeah, but this is kind of going against the character, you know. Right. And we don't need to. That's what that's the one thing Disney would always say is we don't want to dumb down the cartoons for children, you know, because uh, we well, want now they're more than happy to dumb down the cartoons, oh, yeah. the yeah. comics, the live action TV shows, the movies. They'll dumb down anything. Um. So. They said, again, it seems like. They're putting changes into place. Apparently, they are no longer looking at having a female Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four movie. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there was, there was no reason to even throw that change in there because you have Frankie Ray, who is Nova, another. Uh, Herald of Galax Galactus right there and you know where the Silver Surfer is obviously silver Frankie Ray was gold I mean it, it was just on screen there's the perfect um, bookend characters for Galactus in the middle perfect just the way they are to get the bright idea where, well, you know what? We need to get the Silver Surfer and and let's let's make, you know, let's make her a chick. And the Surfer always kind of had a thing for Alicia Masters, the thing's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So what are you gonna do? What what does that mean? You made her a chick, you're making her gay, and what's gonna happen? Eventually, I guess. She'll kiss Alicia, and suddenly Alicia won't be blind anymore. Make it lame. I, I don't know. I, I could I could see them like choosing Jada Pinkett Smith because she's got a bald head, and you know, she's and then they'll say, "Oh, she's got alopecia, Silver Surfer." That's why she's bald. You know, well, you know what? So, some of the girls can pull that off. I think the the Doja Mayor and no, they're cool. I, I will in, say in that, Black Panther could pull off the bald woman look. I I would rather them be bald, but not everybody has to be bald. Like, you know, again, they they push 
female empowerment crap and all that stuff and that you know, i'm not even had, talking empowerment i'm just saying it no i'm just telling you look really out, good like that <laughs> no they they did i'm just saying like outside the comics i i've noticed like you know ever since jada pinkett's net says she says well i suffer from is it alopecia is that what it's called like uh, when women go bald i thought alopecia was when the uh the skin you skin loses its pigment. I, I could know. be wrong though. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I I think I'm right, but that's what it was. And like and like they would say, Oh, she's so brave. She's so brave, you know, to just like go around with her with her bald head, you know. But then like you started to see so many more, you know, women doing that. And there was a, a girl on Sports Center that had a bald head. And I was like, no. You know, that's just ridiculous. That's just, again, they're like, are you the most qualified? No, you're the most baldest, you know, and you're popular right now. We're putting you on there because, like, how many women go around with bald heads and are, you know, and do sports shows? I hate, I used to love ESPN. I used to watch, that was like the channel I had on constantly during the day. I would watch Sports Center, pardon the interruption, like, just so many things, uh, first take. And, now I can't even watch it. it again. They, they were not kidding. Like you could see they went so woke and I hate, you know, you always wonder like if you can go back like Madam Webb and change the past, like what if Hillary Clinton would have won, would we be as woke as we are now? Or was wokeness a reaction to the Donald Trump presidency? Cause like, I wonder like if things just would have been normal, if she would have won, you know, Ooh, that's a good, that is a good political question. It is, you know, because it's jokes. That's pretty. I'm impressed. That that could that could be like a serious debate topic. I think I'm going to throw it to Patrick to bring up in his uh public speaking class. <laughs> but it's true. I think a lot of the things that were done were, were just. Uh, is it an overreaction to Trump? A, a revolt or a resistance towards the Trump presidency? You know. That's and, that's a that's a good question. But anyway, um, let's see here. Oh, this this is another story I didn't tell you. I don't know if you heard this one. So Sony and Kevin Feige and Tom Holland are basically arguing about Spider-Man Four. Did you hear this story? Um, no, I don't remember hearing anything on the Spider-Man front in a while. So Sony apparently wants to have. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back for Spider-Man 4. And they want it to be more of a multiverse type of movie. Kevin Feige and Tom Holland want it to be grounded. You know, like they want it to be Spider-Man on his own fighting criminals in Manhattan. So, all right. So first, who do you got? <laughs> Whose side are you on there? I think it's obvious. I, I, it is pretty obvious because... Um, even though I did like seeing the three of them on screen together, they ended uh, No Way Home on such an arc that we were going to see Peter Parker on his own. I mean, he has no family, he has no friends, and he's still out trying to do the right thing because... With great power comes great responsibility. 
not with great responsibility. I was just going to say that. That's now, garbage crap. If you would have watched uh, Madam Web, you would have. I heard that. Movie. That's another reason. I'm like, what? They had to butcher that too? Yeah. So um, when you take on great responsibility, the power will come. <laughs> yeah. So um, they set it up so much that he's going out and we're going to see Peter Parker on his own trying to survive being Spider-Man plus trying to just get his life put back together. Um, that looked like that's what it was going to set up with. All of a sudden having two older, wiser Spider-Men show up to help him. Uh, once again, neuters the story. Neuters all the whole setup that you went for Spider-Man 4. No, I'm 100% on your side. So, I yeah, I don't I don't see it. For, but you see, what Sony's putting out, everything is a cash grab. So, of course, they want to bring back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, for the cash grab. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, and that's what I think most fans would like to see is, like, a Spider-Man movie, you know, an actual Spider-Man movie, like the most authentic, realistic Spider-Man movie we've ever seen. And we have the potential for that. And I guess that's what Feige and Tom Holland want to do. And I wouldn't mind, again, I don't think you have to bring in Doctor Strange or Iron Man or another superhero into this movie. Just know that they're there. Like they can go past like Avengers Tower or, you know, Fantastic Four or something right. like that. Or you could turn on the news and hear about the Hulk or something like that. They don't have to make an appearance in that. You know, make it be Spider-Man focused. Yeah. And I'd be very happy about that. And there's well, that's, a lot that's just it. You, not every movie has to be a team up. Yeah. Well, they it's had to do that. Spider-Man movie. Just it's he's just Spider-Man. And if there's anybody he should be teaming up with, it would be the human torch. Or even Daredevil. No, not Daredevil, because if if we were looking at an older Spider-Man, Daredevil would make sense. But even in even the comics, early comics in the Lee Ditko run, you know, basically Spider-Man would always sort of pick fights with the Human Torch because, you know, Peter Parker never got a break in his life and the Human Torch has these great powers and he's famous and everybody loves him. So Spider-Man would always like pick fights with him and try to make him look. Oh, yeah, I know that. But then he'd eventually have to run into the Fantastic Four, too. Yeah. But like I said, it's like that. I could see that in maybe Spider-Man five after the FF has been introduced. But, you know, can't, why can't we just have one regular Spider-Man movie? I'll say in defense of Daredevil, though, he was in No Way Home, Matt Murdock. So I think that would make sense. Yeah, well, he, he was, but really he was interact. Matt Murdock was interacting more with Aunt May and Foggy, you know, sort of like, um, hey, the adults are talking in the room here. No, I, I get you, you know. but, I, but I'm just saying he's he was introduced into the Spider-Man movie. I just think it would make oh, sense. Yeah. But, but like I said, I, I would just rather him just be by himself. But yeah, just just make a Spider-Man movie. But I understand Sony's point of view too, because if I was Sony, I just want to make money, and you know 
that if you bring back those other two, they're going to make money. Like, cause right. I think no way home was not a good movie at all. I've tried to watch it so many times and it's so difficult for me to get through it. I, I really need to fast forward to the end, you know, when they're at the Statue of Liberty and just watch that part. Cause that was pretty cool. Now, see, the rest I, of like, it, I enjoyed that movie. I, I, I hate that. movie. I know you don't agree with it, but I enjoyed no way home. But it made so much money because they're because of the three Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, it was cool if they had the villains too, but it was mostly the Spider-Man. You know, people wanted to go see them. Oh wow. yeah, people want to see the interaction between. Yeah. Them. You know, so Sony's not an idiot. Like, if again, I'm working for Sony, it's like, well, do we want to make a, a lot of money? Do we want to make fans happy? I'd probably say, yeah, let's make money. You know, uh, but as a fan, I, I'd rather see the other one. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'll end up uh, cutting a lot of stories. Oh, so they uh, they canceled. The CW ended up, uh, or they had to cancel Superman and Lois. And the, the CW boss says that it died because of James Gunn's Man of Steel. That they well, did. I thought I thought they're having a shortened season, or even the shortened season canceled. Well, by the time Man of Steel comes out, it'll be gone. They don't want to have two Supermen. I could, I, you know what? I can see that. But I mean, even supposedly the new season, I mean, they're cutting down big time. Uh, I think they're going back to Metropolis. So all of those That's characters true. and storylines in Smallville are all gone. So it's really just going to be the four of them, Lois, Clark, That's Jonathan, and Jason, Jason, J Jason. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be the four of them, the family itself starting up. But I mean, the dad is gone. Um, he's dead. No, he's just off doing other things. Oh, okay. You know, uh, Lana is gone and her family drama. Uh, the small local newspaper group is gone. Uh, Steele and his daughter are gone. So, I mean, really, they've just stripped it down to the four main characters. And it's a shortened season to cap stuff off. And that, it makes sense. Well, so again, this was my problem with that show and with Smallville is that too much shit happened in Smallville. Um, in both shows that it would have been like a red flag, I think, especially that Superman's there constantly. You know, you would think that you, someone would put two and two together and it's like, well, Clark moved out of Metropolis and now Superman's not in Metropolis, but now he's in Smallville and Superman's there. And then the weird things that happens in Smallville, it's like, come on, you know, it's like very bizarre, but I guess they, they wouldn't have a series about these stories dot, 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 because comic books yeah but it's still like i'd rather superman be in visit smallville but live in metropolis you know because that's where all the crime happens that's where all the super geniuses hang out that's the way it should be mm, let's see here so uh variety says joker how do you pronounce this falia do i'm probably saying it wrong has a two hundred million dollar budget. Has a, a two hundred million dollar budget, and I think the the last budget, well, yeah, uh, the original Joker was sixty million, and 
you know, the, the new CEO of, of uh, Warner Brothers was so impressed with Joker because it only had a $60 million budget and it made a ton of money. So now they've increased the budget to $200 million. And part of the problem is stupid Lady Gaga got paid $12 million to play Harley Quinn. And every single photo that I see of her, she does not look good. I mean, she looks like an old, wasted, cracked attic Harley Quinn. Don't hold back, Joe. How do you really feel? <laughs> no, and I, and I think I said this the last time. I think she's a great singer, probably a great songwriter. But I hate that they keep pushing her on us like she's this incredible actress. Like she's been nominated for two Academy Awards. It's like, are you out of your mind? You know, it's like she's not that great. She's not attractive. Well, I mean, her being in A Star is Born, I mean, that, that's a role that's made for her. It is, but I saw it. <clears throat> Nothing special. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. It's not my type of movie. Jeez, I've seen all of them. There's like four versions of A Star is Born. But, um, yeah, I know it just said... I don't know. You wonder who the executives in charge of all this crap who felt like by adding Lady Gaga that that's going to bring in big bucks to this movie and we'll make it a musical because she's good with music. And again, I know you didn't like Joker, but I thought it was a classic. I thought it was really well done. And I think that they're just going to kind of not necessarily destroy the image of the first movie, but it's not going to do it any favors. <clears throat> I don't know. I'll have to take your word for it. All right. <laughs> um, I won't get my 12 bucks already. So Rachel Zegler beat out Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise to win the action well, that's, movie that's, star of the that's year. That's ridiculous. At the people's choice <clears throat> awards. You got a problem with that, Jack? I got a big problem with that, of course. I, I'm sorry. I think, well, I first off, I didn't see the uh, was it story of snakes and birds or whatever it was called. I didn't know. Um, but I'm sorry. We, we've seen the types of, stunf, st of stunts we've seen from those other guys. Y you really can't. I can't see her coming up again against it. I could see them in competition against each other. I just don't see how she's even in that league. Well, again, it's the people's choice awards. I'm sure a lot of kids and her fans voted for it. I'm sure like a lot of people aren't even going to bother to vote for Tom Cruise, you know, even though, you know, he was good in that movie and so was Keanu Reeves but I'm sure like a bunch of teeny boppers, same thing. Like why friggin' Taylor Swift wins all those awards. It's her fans love her. Yeah, they do. Do you think she's going to be in Deadpool three? Taylor Swift. Yeah. No, there's been rumors for a while that she's in it. I, I was just chalking that up to like <laughs> talk. I didn't, I didn't expect her to really be uh, in there. <laughs> I think she's going to be in there because Disney's no fool. Well, first of all, Ryan Reynolds is, she's, he's good friends with her. 
and there was uh, her boyfriend who played for the Chiefs during one of the season's games. She was in the booth with both Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. So I remember we, that. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, she might play Dazzler. I think that that would be a good role for her. And you know what? That that would be a fantastic role for her. And it's funny because Sideshow, I think it was Sideshow, they just announced one of their statues or they showed one of their statues and it's a Dazzler and it looks a lot like Taylor Swift. So you kind of wonder if they got the memo before everybody else. Well, I hope they just don't put her on roller skates. <laughs> My only fear though is I think it's see Deadpool. A lot of people think it's going to save the MCU. I think it'll do well, but I don't know if it's going to save the MCU. I don't want it to be Lady Deadpool, and I know Lady Deadpool is going to be in that movie. I, I don't. I don't know enough about Deadpool to. I don't know either. Lady Deadpool is any good or not? Um, it, I think Deadpool. And honestly, I mean, if I go see it, it's because I want to see how they work Wolverine in with the with him so like know. the first first two deadpool movies they weren't great but he's really great as the character ryan reynolds embodies it similar to how christopher reeve embodied superman you know he gets the character and now like how you say like when you read a batman comic you think of kevin conroy i would think of ryan reynolds voice coming out of deadpool now he did it so well and you could tell he loves the character. Another thing that's good about that movie is that Hugh Jackman loves playing Wolverine. He loves Wolverine. So you got two characters or two actors in that movie that love playing their characters. That's going to be refreshing to see. When you think about it, even back in the day, Ben Affleck didn't like being Batman. It's like, all right, I'll do it for $500 million. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me Robert Downey Jr. money and I'll uh, I'll play the yeah. role. No, he got some insane deal when they signed him, like where they were going to give him a trilogy and he was going to write and direct, and then they were going to give him his own individual movies and all this crap, and he was going to be in like I think five or six different movies as Batman, like you know Suicide Squad and Justice League two, three, four, and all that crap. He was going to make like. Maybe close to a half a billion dollars, you know, with all that stuff. And but you could tell it's like, oh, I guess I'll do it. You know, it's like I hate people like that. I mean, I'd, I'd be so grateful. I'd be like saying, I love the character of Batman, and I, you know, I, I uh, anyway. I do think again, if she's in this movie, that movie's gonna make a lot of money. Like her, her fans again. Her fans are like something else, you know. They really, yeah. really, they really, really love her. It's. I think she she contributed to. The uh, the chief's revenue, I forget how much it was, but it was an insane amount of money. The what Just revenue? Like, uh, you know the. Um, the chiefs, the the football team. Oh. Her, boy, her boyfriend was on there. Um, and like. You know the fans are watching all the games just to see a glimpse of Taylor Swift playing yes. and um, she contributed to the team's revenue by by a lot of money because you had a lot more people watching the games, you know, and and also 
Taylor Swift fans were buying chief shirts and uh, it was just crazy. And then the Super Bowl, it was a record of how many people watched and a lot of people probably had a lot more people watching because they were her fans, you know? So yeah, Disney would be crazy not to have her in it. Absolutely. So, all right. I guess that's about it. I think we've spoken enough. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this one up. Jack, can you tell everyone more where they can find you? You can always send me emails at jackm at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. I'm also on the podcast, Rusty Junk. Uh, I told you the last one we did was Basic Instinct. Our next one is going to be Train Spotting. Oh my God. You saw that movie. That, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Wow. That's an intense. I found that to be a very intense movie. And oh, it like, was. Yeah. Like, that scene with the baby. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. I, I was pissed. First that's, of all, that's the stuff of nightmares. That will be me with me forever now. That'll be yeah. an image that'll be in my mind forever. I, exactly. I'm going to thank the guy that suggested this movie. It's like, thank you. Like when I die and my life flashes through my, you know, my, you know, you know your life flashes through you. I'm going to see that scene at one point and I'm going to be F you, you bastard. I didn't need to see that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I actually that, that's, a, that's a pretty intense movie. I'm surprised you guys are doing it. Because you usually go for something light and funny. Not that well, the instinct is light and funny, but... I needed subtitles. I didn't know. I couldn't understand half of what they were saying. Some of their accents were so thick. But, uh, no, it should be interesting. I mean, I actually... I hated it in the beginning. By the end of it, I appreciated it a lot. I actually watched it twice. Except they fast forward through that baby scene <laughs> the second time. <laughs> I even watched it. Uh, I started watching the sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel. Yeah, I remember. I I didn't watch the sequel because I was so scarred from the first one. <laughs> I mean, it was like funny. It was like I was watching the sequel, and they're they're all older. They're all adults. They're kind of off the drugs. And then at one scene, the baby shows up. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and. Uh, I don't think he he looked like he did. He was just crawling on the floor, and I was like, oh, man, I can't take this. No, anyway, no, no way, man, no way. It should be a fun podcast, I, I think. But anyway, so uh, I guess with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 10, Episode 6. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all. Be good to each other. Thank you.